All right, guys, welcome to my show, Voice of the Wonder. I'm your host, Freddie J. All right, guys, welcome to my podcast today. I'm your host, Freddie J. And with me, I have the awesome Alexis again. <laughs> it's nice yeah. to have you on the, on the show today. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And also, we're going to be today, we're going to be talking about uh, diabetes, uh, the medical condition. And I know many people don't have awareness about this topic. So, the goal of the wonder is to get people to listen to us and know what this is all about okay you know so that's the goal and uh so to start i have a couple of questions lined up for you sure so uh, my first question is uh what's diabetes so um in kind of basic terms diabetes refers to an issue with blood sugar regulation in the body right so there are different types of diabetes. So you have your type one cases, which are like me, where you're in, in de- insulin dependent. So the body, the pancreas, for whatever reason, whether it's genetic, has been environmental, doesn't produce insulin to take care of, of the blood sugar. Um, and then type two, you, ha- you might have insulin production, but your cells in your body are just not sensitive to the insulin that you're producing. And so there's no sugar taken from the bloodstream into the cell. So a lot of times that's an oral medication or sometimes even lifestyle changes that can help control that type. So type one, you need insulin constantly. Yes. And type two, you don't. So there are type two cases where they will use insulin to help support blood sugar regulation, but a type one needs insulin to live. Okay. That's the difference. So uh, which one... Are you living with? Is it a type one or the type two? So I'm a type one. A type one. Mm-hmm. So you have the fun one. I have the fun <laughs> one. <laughs> and also, uh, is there like, I know there's treatment, but is there cure like on the long run or is it something you have to live with for the rest of your life? So, um, you know, they're always working and researching and, you know, experimenting with things. Really, the only cure that I've known of is for someone to get a pancreas, a transplant of transplant. the pancreas, right? Um, but even then that comes with its own complications. And so someone in my position would have to say, is the lifelong insulin worth taking anti-rejection drugs for the rest of my life? You know, those kinds of things. So there are, there are, you know, choices that would have to be made, but no, it is not a curative disease at this point for us. How do you, how do you feel about that? You know, I, it took me a little while to come to terms with having Um, type one, especially because I was diagnosed later in life. Um, So I know what life was like for a long time without having the disease. So it it took a while to kind of grasp what that really meant for me. But now that I've been, you know, living in that world, just kind of accepting, embracing it, it's driven a career for me. Um, I'm okay with it. I've definitely come full acceptance and am actually grateful that I live with a medical disorder that can be controlled. Yeah. That's true. So you use, you use the word disease. Mm-hmm. So coming from an African standpoint, the word disease is, is a huge deal to us. So how do you feel about that using that word disease? And do you feel like diabetes is actually a disease? So I do think it's a disease. Okay. I do. Um, because it really does weigh on you for the rest of your life. I mean, it, it's a big lifestyle change. Um, but again, it's manageable. And so I feel like there's a... Um, a lot of hope in in that you know having that disease or that medical disorder or however you want to you know refer to it um 
I worked in cancer care as a nurse, and that really puts a lot of things into perspective, right? That, um, you know, some of these these battles that we fight aren't really that big of a deal in the long in the long term. So I like the way you look at it. You're looking at it in a positive from a positive standpoint. You know, like you're trying to make the best and the most out of it. So I think that's awesome. I admire that. So uh, when were you diagnosed and how did you feel when you got diagnosed? Sure. So I was diagnosed at age 21 um, and it was a really rough time because I had just gone away to college, you know, at the university. I was away from from family. Um, You know, fortunately, my sister was there, but I didn't feel like I had a lot of family support to lean into during that time. And it was a whirlwind because I'm the first type one in my family. Um, I don't have any familial history of type one diabetes. Um, and so it just kind of came as a giant shock at that time in my life. Like, wait, what's diabetes? What do you mean I have to do all this? You know, not have to be on these insulin shots. What I'm a new call. I'm a college kid. I'm trying to figure out my life. And then, you know, you get hit with this big, you know, change. And, um, so at first it was really hard to come to terms with what that actually meant for me moving forward. Okay. So I did my research a little bit before you got here, and I saw that type 1 usually is not from a lifestyle, uh, you know, so it's something maybe you get from birth, you know, so did that did that make anyone in your family go back to go do testings and all that stuff to make sure they didn't have it? No, not necessarily. Um, so type 1 is traditionally known as the juvenile diabetes because it is diagnosed earlier in children, Yeah. Um, but... As we've gone on, there have been more and more cases of type 1 coming and di- being diagnosed later in life. And we don't know if that has an environmental component. You know, something has triggered the body to attack its own cells okay. um, because diabetes is an autoimmune disease. You know, diabetes type 1 is an autoimmune disease. And so the body's attacking itself for whatever reason. Okay. Um, but no, my family, we just kind of we're like something triggered this. This is something we're just going to have to accept. And, you know, my family obviously got educated in how to help me manage it, what to do if my sugar's low, um, things like that. And just kind of was a whole learning curve for that, for those of us that were, you know, involved, Mm -hmm. but no, my family didn't go back and have any sort of genetic testing or any of that kind of stuff done. My kids will, Okay. So my children, there's there are tests that they can do to see if my children are at risk for developing type one. So, uh, so this actually happened. What I'm about to tell you. So someone got diagnosed like later in life, and there was that rage, you know, because they felt like maybe one of the because it was type one, so it had to be from like their genes, like their family, whatever. And there was this aggression, you know, mm-hmm. which I think is fair also. But there was this aggression because that certain individual felt like maybe someone in their family was responsible because type 1 is supposed to be diagnosed when they when the kids are younger, not when you're like a fully blown adult, you know. So did you ever have those thoughts in your mind? Like Because I know sometimes also we're humans. Whenever we have issues, we our first go-to our defense or, you know, uh, our mechanism we use to cope is to look for someone to blame. Sure. You know, so did you, did you ever get to that stage? No, I, I didn't. And I don't, and I'm not that type of person by nature, I think. Okay. And, you know, everybody handles their life situations differently. I have sure. always been a very optimistic person. I've always been a, the glass is half full, you know, let's look at the positive side. Yeah. Um, how can we 
just move forward and and what Mm -hmm. do I need to do? Tell me what I need to do. And so I never had any resentment, anger, blaming of myself, you know, or someone else like they did this to me. It was just kind of like, well, this is what I have. What do I need to do to move on? How can I live the best life I can live? Um, But I don't think it's unusual for someone to be angry, especially because, like I said before, we've known what life looks like without the disease. I mean, I grew up in high school, all, you know, all my early child, I never had this. And so I know how taxing it can be now to be tied down to something 24 seven, right? That is true. That runs my life. But no, the anger, the aggression, the, any of those emotions were never there for me. Okay. That's good. So, uh, I know you take care of yourself. Uh, so let's assume you didn't take care of yourself with your medical condition. What, what are the, what is, what would happen? I'd be hospitalized most likely. Really? Could die. Mm-hmm. It's that deadly? Mm-hmm. If you don't control, especially with type 1, uh, if yeah. you let your blood sugar um, get out of control, you can go into what they call diabetic ketoacidosis and be hospitalized for that. That's a life-threatening um, condition in which sometimes people go into when they're diagnosed with diabetes right at first. But if you continue to ignore your blood sugar levels, there can be kidney issues, there can be, you know, issues with circulation, nerve damage, eyes, yep. those kinds of things. And so um, it's better to just get in control of it. Um, but I know sometimes people go through hills and valleys, even if you've been a type one for a long yeah. time, where it's like, well, oh, I'll just let this slide a little. And then, you know, you realize oh, you shouldn't do that. So does type one, can type one become type two also? Or can you be type one and type two? Or you no. just one? And also with type 1, also, I know you have your uh, means of getting insulin. So did this make like a dietary change for you also? Is there like a certain amount of food you have to eat? Do you like calculate your calories and all that stuff? So theoretically, since I'm on insulin, I could really eat whatever I wanted and just make sure that I gave enough insulin to cover the carbohydrate in that meal, right? So if I want to eat a whole pizza, I just have to give myself enough you know, medication to cover that, but that leads to different kind of issues, right? Weight gain, all the things. So I think, um, there is, there were certain lifestyle changes that I implemented, even though I knew it wouldn't help me control or get off of insulin. Mm -hmm. It would help me control maybe the amount of insulin I needed, um, and help prevent or protect my organs from some other issues that could come up. Cause since exercise and things that makes me more insulin sensitive, I don't have to use as much, Um, So there were things that I implemented, but not like a type two case where, you know, lifestyle, more exercise that helps your cells become more sensitive to the insulin your body naturally produces. And some of those, you know, individuals are able to go off medication and things. That's never going to be the case for me. Okay, That makes sense. So between between type one and type two, which do you think is more manageable in your opinion? I think they're both manageable. Which, which is more manageable? I think type two um, might be less difficult to manage. Okay. Um, just because a lot of times there are, like I said, you know, exercise, dietary changes that you can make that um, can help your cells become sensitive to the to the blood sugar that you have without needing to be fed a source of you know, insulin 24 seven deal. Oh, I didn't eat enough. Now my blood sugar's crashing. Oh, I didn't give enough insulin. Now I'm way up here. Um, it's a little bit more of a roller coaster, I think with type one. 
and it's less likely that a type 2 person will go into diabetic ketoacidosis like a type 1 would. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So, and also, since you got diagnosed, uh, have you faced any stigma from people? Not really. Um, most Mostly just curiosity, I think. Um, you know, no one's looked at me and been like, oh, you have diabetes. It's more of a, oh, what is that? Like, tell me about that. More of a curiosity, which I think is great because I am all about bringing awareness, right, mm-hmm. to this or helping someone that maybe feels really alone in having diabetes, especially type one, um, maybe feel a little bit more seen, right? Oh, there's a representation of someone who knows what I'm dealing with every day. So, okay. I, th- I think you, you had it easy though. So I know of someone who was at the front of a store somewhere uh-huh. in public and she had to give herself insulin. I think she was her pump. I don't know what was going on. So she had to use like the needles uh-huh, manual uh-huh. and someone called the cops because they felt she was doing drugs. Like, oh, sure. You know, and um, she cried. It was emotional and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And, you know, when she told me about it, I, I felt this rage, you know, and as much as I want to be mad also, I felt maybe those people who made that call also, they thought maybe they were doing good. Right. You know, but also, yeah, I could just, I was trying to imagine how she felt. Well, and everyone's experiences are going to be different and unique to them, right? Yeah. But that just proves the point that we need more awareness of what this looks it's like true. for people because not every type one is on a pump either. You know, people still do manual injections. So you, at a restaurant, you got to pull out your pen or your needle, draw yeah. up and, and do it right there, you know, out in public. And so um, an awareness for people to understand like what that looks like, that not everybody that might be doing that is doing drugs, right? There might yeah. be a medical reason for that person needing to, to administer right there. Um, and so all the more reason why diabetes awareness is such a pressing topic for a lot of people right now. So let's imagine something, a scenario. Let's say you didn't know you're like a regular person. You're ignorant. You didn't know diabetes is a thing and they use needles and you saw someone in the restaurant like injecting themselves with needles and whatever. How would you respond I would mind my own business. Okay. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not one that I'm too worried about what I'm doing to really worry about what someone else is doing. And I also don't automatically assume the negative of someone. Yeah. You know, if you're in a public place doing that, there's probably a valid reason, right? True. If I'm doing drugs, I'm, I'm not going to be at a restaurant doing drugs. I'm going to hide in the hide bathroom somewhere. Yeah. or somewhere else. Right. So, um, I wouldn't automatically assume that that's what that individual's doing. There's got to be a reason that that person is doing, you know, what they're doing. Yeah, that's correct. So I can see right now that that's your insulin pump. Yes. Could you show it to the camera if you don't mind? <laughs> so that's our insulin pump. Could you explain to us how it works? Sure. So there's a um, there's a reservoir here that I fill um, okay. my insulin in. And then uh, the tubing connects to a catheter that's injected, a site that's injected into my body every three days. I change it out. Um, And there's a background insulin that's delivered, you know, every every hour for 24 hours. And then when I eat meals, I calculate how many carbohydrates are in that meal. And then I dial up whatever dose, however much I'm eating. um, And the insulin pump does all the calculations for me for how much I need. um, And then it delivers it for me. Um, and then of course, if I check and I'm a high blood sugar, then I can put in adjustments and it'll calculate. I mean, there's a lot of math that goes into it, a lot of ratios. That's why 
the pumps are so amazing and they were such a great technology because it yeah. does a lot of the guesswork for us. Um, and there are even continuous glucose monitors that people will inject a different site that measures the interstitial blood sugar reading like every five minutes and graphs it to your pump. So you can see when your blood sugar is trending down or when you're trending upward. And so the technology has come so advanced since even when I was initially diagnosed that we do have a lot of support. But this mimics pancreatic function for me. That's nice. It looks expensive though. So what are the financial ramifications for you? So fortunately for me, I have a really great insurance company okay. that has always covered me um, really well. I think I just got this pump new at the end of the year, um, and I think I paid a couple hundred dollars for it. Um, but they are. They are very expensive, um, and you can only get a new one ever so often. But um, I feel like I'm very blessed to have an insurance that covers me. I don't know exactly what that expense would look like for someone who wasn't insured. Insured, yeah. So when you were talking, I just started thinking because we have people in third world countries or because diabetes, it's, it's global, you know, not just America. We are just lucky to have this technology. And in these areas, they don't have technology. I was talking to someone recently and they, they didn't know the pump was a fan. They were like, there's a pump for insulin. I was like, yeah. There is, you know, and I, I kind of imagine what life would be for them. You know, life could be very, very hard, you know, and what do you think could be done to kind of help uh, these people? Because I can tell, like, they are going through a lot. You know, the medical care in general in, in some of those third world countries is horrible. And, um, you know, there's always hope that we can take care to those places, but then you need the people to do it. So, you know, I don't really have a good answer for that. I don't really have, you know, an idea of how we can help those individuals aside from sending teams of people over there to get, get, you know, the countries, the supplies that they would need, mm -hmm. teach them how to use them. Right. We've had, you know, teams, I know there are a lot of churches that send, you know, mission teams out and medical is actually one of the teams that they'll send sure. to help, but that doesn't always sustain that country, right? For the, for the duration that they would need that help. So, you know, I don't really know a great answer long-term for how we can help those people. Um, I think bringing diabetes awareness to the front, I think understanding what that looks like for someone and then just maybe finding people who have a passion, a mission to serve those areas would probably be a great starting point. Yeah, I agree. So uh, for my observation, when you were diagnosed, you didn't freak out like crazily. Uh, but we know we have people out there who are going to freak out when they get diagnosed. So what advice do you have for those people? Like those people who get diagnosed or those who are already living with uh, this medical condition like what what advice do you have for them is it the end of the world no no it's not the end of the world but it may feel like that and i i want those people to know that their feelings are valid okay that they do not have to justify how they feel to anybody because we all process that initial shock of, of diagnosis differently it's true and we can't assume that Oh, it's, it's okay. It's manageable. It's easy. You're going to be fine. Why are you mad? You know, that that's just not realistic for someone, right? True. So take your time to process, take your time to grieve, you know, what you feel like maybe you've lost. If you were one that got diagnosed later and you know what life was like before, you know, take your time to grieve that loss of 
now being, you know, you're now you're tied to someone. You'll have the same freedom. Yeah. Um, but also get yourself connected with a support group. I think there's so many diabetes support groups out there. And especially now that we have social media everywhere um, and a community of people that really understand what that looks like. And, you know, I'm in one now and so many people I was newly diagnosed. My child was newly diagnosed and this community of support that come out and just say, Oh, I know, you know, I, I understand what that feels like that, you know, and, and share experiences and make you feel like, okay, maybe there's hope for me. I'm not alone okay. in this. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that makes a lot of sense. I, I agree. Awareness is very important. And for those people also like, you know, have no clue about this medical condition. What do you have to tell them? Like for me personally, I'll tell them like, mind your business. Definitely. Mm-hmm. That's my message to them. But what's your message to these people? I would say just don't assume you know, never assume what someone else is going through. You you don't really understand, know someone's physical conditions, yeah. you know, and and I feel like we live in such a judgmental world that sure. that's easy to go right there and be like, oh, that person, you know, but in, if you take a step back and take out a self, you know, most of the time there's no need to judge someone else or, or even give a thought to what that individual is doing. You know, I would tell people to worry more about yourself or ask ask questions yeah i mean like not everybody's gonna come vomit their life story on you or, or tell you all but but if you're curious i find just ask the worst thing that can happen is someone can look at you weird or be like mind your own business or whatever I'm like okay sorry you know or you'll get someone like me that will just freely tell you and then now you come across that again you know okay so as you were talking also we we're about to draw the curtain and my mind just went straight to the prices of insulin and I just can't help but say let's talk about this I think it's a major issue uh, so we all know America is a market economy or capitalist economy any CEO will, will, will try their best to make a buck a quick buck out of any situation and I've been following the news and I know like the federal government they've been trying to hammer on these people to make them reduce the prices of insulin and for some reason it's a back and forth battle like they go back and forth, back and forth, and back and forth. And for me as a business-minded guy, I'm saying, oh, it's business. But also, we are joking with the lives of people. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen many cases where people, they die because, or they ration their insulin. Because they don't have insurance, or they don't have the money to buy insulin and all this stuff. All this is happening on U.S. soil. Not even any, not even a third world country. Like, what do you, what do you have to say about this? I think that's big pharma in general. I mean, okay. I, I really think that there have been fights for lower insulin, lower costs of insulin and, uh, you know, diabetes supplies just in general and, and what they'll cover. Um, and I think it's gotten better. I pay significantly less now than I ever have for okay. my insulin. That's good. So, you know, but I'm also an insured individual. Like I said, I'm very blessed to have insurance that covers me. So someone that's, um, you know, facing a new diagnosis with no coverage. I mean, I can't imagine what it's like for that that person because they're just going to pay an astronomical amount of money to just live, right? Um, but what a lot of people don't know is, you know, some of the um, drug rep companies and things have, you know, patient support. You just have to apply for them. Okay. You know, patient assistance. I always would tell um, people back when I worked in a pharmacy, you know, contact the company, ask if they have patient assistance, coupon cards, any of those kinds of things, because a lot of times they do have a budget for patient assistance, okay. but you have to be willing to seek that out. They're not just going to 
you know, blast free money, you know, here, but there are, there are companies that will help patients who are uninsured. Okay. That's good. I'm glad though, that there's an improvement. Like you said, your insulin price went down, you know, no, you're fully insured. Uh, you know, so I'm hoping that, you know, moving forward, that people will make use of these opportunities, you know, like try to get those coupons and all that stuff, mm-hmm. you know, but also I, I just feel personally, this is my personal opinion. I feel like when people are un- unable to, to buy insulin or purchase insulin and what they need to stay alive, it then seems like the cost of living, the cost of their life is too expensive. Like they can't afford to live. You know, and it's it's very, very touching, you know, and there are many times that I just sit back and I think about it. I'm like, this doesn't sound right. You know, for someone who is type one, you didn't ask for this, you know, and I just feel like it's, it's wrong. You know, it's wrong and it's not fair also, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, I completely agree with that. And I think that's why those individuals are in even more need of a support system in place, True. right? Because that you know you think oh my gosh i'm the only one but when you're in a facebook group of thousands and thousands and thousands of people and you say i have no insurance you're guaranteed to get a bunch of people who know exactly what you're going through and and that feeling of just not feeling alone sometimes is enough it's a lot. to motivate you to to find out well what did you do and you know and get some resources some help um you know, for yourself, but you're right there. There's no good answer because it is a tricky, unfair, you know, life to not be able to afford medication, not get the help that you need. Um, and that's why I can understand someone's anger, someone's, you know, rage, I guess, toward, toward a diagnosis. Um, and I just always hope that that gets better, you know? I agree. And also, have you, have you in the past volunteered, like, you know, maybe going to like a camp, like to, you know, kind of uh, mentor people who are going through the same uh, condition? I know you mentioned the support group, but aside that, have you done anything outside that to kind of see how you can help those in the community or have you thought about it? So um, I'm a registered nurse and in my preceptorship, I actually worked in an outpatient diabetes education center diabetes. My diagnosis is why I pursued nursing in the first place. I wanted to be a diabetes educator. I wanted to work in an environment where I could relate to someone personally, where they could see me and say, oh my gosh, you understand what what this might look like for me. Like someone that really understands, right? What they're going through. Um, And so I did that. And that was a really great, um, you know, experience for me. But I ended up in a different field of nursing that just found Mm me. But I continued to do it um, just with people who would reach out to me. I've, I've always been visible with, with my diabetes. I've always talked about it and people have approached me and I have helped through messaging, through meetings, through phone calls. I've given talks, um, at different conferences and things like that, um, or get togethers for health nutrition seminars, those kinds of things and talked about my experiences and, and managing diabetes, but never a camp, never um, anything like that, but definitely will talk to help support anybody that I can. Okay, that's nice. And I'm glad you're doing, you're trying to help any way you can. And uh, it's kind of inspiring that that's what inspired you to go into the nursing field you are in right now. I think that's very, very admirable. Uh, anyways, thank you very much for coming yeah, on the podcast you. today. And I think I learned a lot. It was very informative. 
Good. And uh, I hope uh, with time we can sensitize people, like get it out there so they know what this is all about. Absolutely. You know? Like it's not the end of the world, you know, being diagnosed with type 1 or type 2 or whatever disease it might, you know, modern, modern day medicine have made it possible to live a good life no matter your diagnosis, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, I think that's our message today for everyone out there. And uh, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. And if any of your people have questions, you can connect <laughs> yeah, them with me. I'm yeah, happy to have them.